from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. I'm really excited today to talk about to talk with Lynn Bowman. She is author of Brownies for Breakfast, a cookbook for diabetics and people who love them. So this title, if you would, really kind of caught my eye because as a practitioner, and especially one who deals with obesity, including diabetics and hypertension and all this other stuff, for diabetics, like, no, no, no. And so uh, that was a very catchy title. And so I love it. So I'm really excited to hear more about your journey and this book. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. And I, I always love explaining the title because the idea is brownies. Who doesn't love a brownie? I mean, oh my gosh, chocolate, all the best gooey, ridiculous, wonderful. And if you make them yourself with my recipe, you can eat as many as you want because it's made with pumpkin and nut butter and monk fruit and some spices and egg or egg substitute. It's easy. You put it in a bowl, you mix it up, you put it in a pan, you bake it. And I defy anybody. The the secret though, is you can't tell anybody there's no sugar in it because no one (laughs) believes that they're any good, right? I, I am in the awful position of continually telling people that sugar free can be fabulous. No one believes me, nobody, until they taste the food, you know, until you make that food and see what you can do without cream, without butter, without sugar, you'll be eating better than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good to know. I really like monk fruit. So I'm glad you said that. That's actually the sugar substitute that I use. So I actually don't hear a lot of people using that. So you are a- Huh? Say it again. More and more now. It's it's yeah. becoming a thing, more of a thing. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So my question for you with the your brownie recipe and some of these other recipes, because you're a grandma, you call yourself a glam grandma, and I, I agree because you're you're so gorgeous. <laughs> um, have you tried these on your grandkids? Oh yeah. And oh, and what I want to tell all parents is the secret is get the kids to cook with you. Yeah. And I agree. for you. Because I have so many parents. It's like, how do I get my kids to eat vegetables? Mm-hmm. How do I get just make them make the food and they will eat what they make? Yeah. So uh, it's all about attitude. You know, if the if the kids feel like, oh, it's got it's it's not real food, it's not got sugar in it, rah, it's not good. It's it's how you sell it, how you promote it. But the main thing is if you understand yourself that this is a healthful choice that you're making 
and you see in yourself that this is making a big difference in the way you feel and the way you look and the way you perform, your kids see that too. And, and my kids are all in their forties. So, uh, you know, I'm over the hump on most of this. If I have, I do have grandchildren. I have a, a granddaughter 14 that I would stack up against anybody's 14 year old for sullenness for, you know, she's, she's a piece of work right now. It's a hard (laughs) time to be 14. And, um, but, um, we're pals and we do things together. She helps me actually with a lot of things. Well, because she's all about TikTok and, you know, exactly. everybody's doing, and I don't know anymore, you know, how all that stuff works. So uh, I love that we're connected through the, the generations, but yeah. it starts with you, yourself, the responsible right. adult, making a decision that this is what you're going to do and having a good reason to do it and then go for it. And yeah, uh, it, it, yeah it's, it's not easy. It's not hard. I agree. So one of the things that one of the topic that we're going to be talking about is preventing, managing, and um, healing chronic disease with food. And so I wanted to get into your journey a little bit because you are a type two diabetic, and it's interesting because I'm actually working on. I work for a company called Fresh Try, and one of the things that we are building in this mobile app, because like you said, everything is becoming digital and technology. It's all apps. It's all apps. It's all, you know what I'm saying, is is delivering programs specifically for diabetics and type 2 diabetic or preventing people from getting type 2 diabetes. So this is actually kind of a, a timely message for me also. I want to learn from you right. as and, we and go into need, this endeavor. Yeah. People need to know that you can prevent it, yeah. that it's not fate. You know mm-hmm. that yeah, there's a there is an element of your genes, but basically mm-hmm. you sure. can prevent it. You can control it when you have it, and you can in fact reverse it. Yeah. And there's all kinds of data out there for this. I'm not making it up. Yeah, you're um, right. It's all out there, and and you do it very simply with food and movement. I don't even call it exercise because mm-hmm. it's walking. It, you know, it's just moving really. And, and you don't have to be working out and pumping up, moving, dancing is great. Um, so, but primarily food and sleep. And what I like to talk about with people too, is that they're all related. They they are circular. They're part of one system, uh, that, that complements You're talking about the gut brain, the microbiome, all these things, but it all boils down to really one prescription. It's, it's one. And this is agreed on among all the people who are studying it now, talking about it. It's not really controversial. And that's a whole food, plant-based diet. I don't even like the word diet. It's a whole food, plant-based way of eating. And it, it, I don't measure stuff. I mean, you know, when I'm baking, I do, I measure stuff, but I don't measure what I put on my plate. I don't count carbohydrates. I don't count calories. I don't keep yeah. That can be exhausting. I feel like doing all because, that. That's the way we've been doing it for years. And that just sounds exhausting. And it doesn't work, doctor. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It does not work. You know this, you know, anyone in the business basically knows this. 
And they're lying to you if they don't tell you they know this. Yeah. Um, because food should be joyful. It's communion. It's, it's a sacrament. It's, it's sitting down and connecting with the people that you love or like or like some of the time anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you're and if you're sitting down alone, first of all, lots of science behind eating alone is not healthy. It's yeah. really not very healthy. Yeah. So one of the diet recommendations that I make is find somebody to eat with. Yeah. Really make an effort not to be eating alone in your car or on your couch. Yeah. And then also changing the timing of when you eat. A lot of talk out there about uh, fasting and intermittent fasting. Correct, correct. Research coming back saying, no, it really doesn't make a difference. I know. It keeps going back and forth. Yes, no. <laughs> okay. What, what I know from my own experience and from studying Ayurveda is that if you can make a change and eat earlier in the day, mm-hmm. stop eating if you possibly can. And people go, I can hear the eyes rolling everywhere when I say <laughs> four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon be done. When the sun starts to wane, be done with what you're eating. So the night crew can come and do all the things that it does on your brain that it can't do if you're munching on pizza and trying to get that pizza into your body and digested and everything at 10 o'clock in front of Jimmy Kimmel, whatever. Um, a, A change that as a culture we really need to work on is moving it up, eating in the middle of the day. A little bit in the morning, whatever you want, whatever you want in the middle of the day, as long as it's real food, good food, which is a whole other question. What's real food? Yeah. That's interesting you say that because I spent some time overseas in Europe. And so their biggest, and if if anybody spent time there, their biggest meal is lunch. They literally, everything shuts down. Like I was in school there. I was in grad school there. And we had a lunch break from 12 to 2. And it Very was civilized. A huge, exactly. And so the later, the meal later on was more like a snack. I mean, they ate quote unquote dinner, but it was, it was very light, like salad, you know, you know, very, very light dinner. Their biggest meal was 12 to two. And I'm like, they may be onto something like you need to, and, and it's been shown like eating most of your calories during the day is definitely the better all the research is there. The Mediterranean yeah. diet. Yes, exactly. That. Right. You asked about the book that, that definitely has shown, you yeah. know, in his backed by World Health Organization. I talk about it. I mean, it's definitely one of the ones that's been shown to decrease medical problems such as diabetes, hypertension, and all that stuff. So what are you, so currently, do you, these recommendations you're making, so do, are you technically vegan, vegetarian, what would you call it? And are you stopping at four o'clock? And when did you start this lifestyle? Was it when you got diagnosed? It's, it's been evolving over the years, Dr. Okay. Hamilton. And I first knew as many women find out that I was a diabetic when I was pregnant with my first child, or I should say accurately after he was born, he was 10 pounds and I had gained 60 pounds. Yeah. And the doctors in the 1975, in those days, all men, and what they said was, oh, yeah, you probably were a gestational diabetic. What? Yeah. I, they hadn't tested me, nothing yeah. like that. It's just, oh, yeah, that's probably what happened. And they said that means that you will have to kind of watch out. And when you're in your 40s, you may become a type 2 diabetic. Okay. 
So when I got to my 40s, I mean, this is after, you know, more kids and crazy and everything, life like so many of you have. When I was in my 40s, I started asking for a test. Can you test me and see if, and they'd say, oh, you're not overweight. You're fine. You're young. It's okay. I had to beg until someone finally gave me a test. Wow. And sure enough, I was over the borderline. And the borderline has moved over the years. But for that time, they said, yeah, you could be in trouble if you, you know, you're going the wrong direction. And so then the next question is, well, what do I do? Well, limit your carbs and try not to eat too much sugar and, you know, something, something. Correct. What? Yeah. Um, And so I had this passion to stay alive. Yes. A keen interest in remaining alive and functional and, and, and raising my children myself. And, uh, and I was a single mother. So it was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going down down on this one. And also let's face it. It was the seventies. I had been a hippie, um, and was wearing little calico dresses and, you know, we had this kind of rediscovered interest in what was natural and what was good. And so, yes, I was interested and I always loved to eat and I'd love to have people at my table. Yeah. I had learned as a young single woman that that was how you entertain. If you don't have any money and you're working hard um, and you can't be partying all night, you know, you, yeah. so my way of entertaining was to have people at my table yeah. and, mm-hmm. and you, and I found out that they were grateful. I mean, good talk about making yourself attractive, you know, put some beautiful food on the table and all of a sudden this Hey baby, you know, so, uh, I had always kind of been inclined that way, but then in my forties, knowing I was type two diabetic, I started paying much more attention and trying to find, and, and to make a long story short, nobody ever gave me good information. There was yeah. nothing. And I would go to the classes and Kaiser and they I, like, you cannot bore someone into understanding and you can't yeah. give them statistics yeah, I mean, you know, it just was not making any real sense to me. Nobody was going to tell me, what do I do? What do yeah. I do? What do I eat? When Correct. do I eat? How do I eat? Because we, I knew it was about food and eating. And so um, the, the kind of final chapter, and I started writing the book, and I had a title for it, because I had learned how to make sweets for myself, really good sweets for myself, without sugar and without cream and, and, um, some other things. And I was pretty tickled with that. And, and I was, and I have done, this is my fourth book. So, um, yeah, this wow. is really new to me. Um, but I, I had a, just a sort of little message, how you get them from the universe. When I saw this sign, it said that there was a plantricians conference in Oakland, California, a plantrician. And so what's that? Exactly. It caught my eye and I started reading about it and it was Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. T. Colin Campbell. You know these names. And it was some of the great names in food as medicine, healing food. And I thought, I, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get another chance. I'm going to do this. And I put my money out, a lot of money, and went to Oakland for the week. And it was PowerPoint presentations from eight o'clock in the morning until eight o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. A of PowerPoints, but I had my eyes opened in a very startling way. I was looking at data and more data and more data. And these mm-hmm. were surgeons from around the world 
these were people who were kind of renegades in their field because they had been, they had come to believe the power of food as medicine. And yeah. for surgeons, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. uh, this is not an everyday thing. Uh, no, definitely not. I agree. hundred percent. No. And so what they were presenting was all of the latest and greatest in food as medicine. And the big one for me, the shocker, uh, I've got this book halfway written and I'm Miss Type 2 Diabetic. And I had always believed it was always about carbohydrates. Yeah. It's about the quality of your carbohydrates and the quantity of your carbohydrates. And that, that your complex starches, like that's what you like that, right? That's right. what they still teach actually. You right. know? And the problem is that you have too much carbs yes. in your system and you can't take the carbs up because you've put too much carbohydrate in and your body just can't, your insulin resistance. Yeah. Right. So what these guys were up there explaining was that, yeah, carbs play a role, but that's not really the problem. The problem. <laughs> it's like going against uh -huh. everything, like everybody. I mean, brain. you could see my, you know, my brains coming out of my ears, I'm sure at the table. Um, and the problem it seems, and I'm not going to use medical scientific language here, but it is the animal fat that is in your body that has coated all these cells and created a barrier that prevents your body from metabolizing the glucose. Hmm. Yeah. Animal fat. Yeah. So not sugar, yeah. not the sugar at all. It's the animal fat no. that's preventing your body from being able to right. absorb it. That's so what they you don't say. want to be taking in the sugar. No. But right. the so the source of the problem though is not that you're taking in sugar. The, 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 the symptom is that you can't manage the sugar. Mm -hmm. The source, the problem is you have coated all your cells with animal fat. Now I'm making it simplified, but correct, correct. there you go. And prior to this, did you eat a lot of like animal fat prior to going? Like were you just I like- I literally had never had a pork chop I didn't like. <laughs> I was a steak and chicken and- um, like all three meals had meat in it type of. Right. Okay. I was very good about not eating sugar and not eating too many carbs and eating high quality carbs and so on. But I was largely living on animal protein. Okay. So, and uh, by the way, my cholesterol was through the roof. And, um, yeah. so mm -hmm. I was medicating for that as well. Well, so you can imagine me sitting in there going, wait, what? <laughs> what? And. So I heard also, and you know, some of the stories are not pleasant. These docs, these surgeons talking about opening up nine-year-old kids and finding their veins full of plaque. Yeah. Oh, that's so kids. sad. And yeah. if you don't know this, um, listeners, the, it used to be that it was called adult onset diabetes. That's type two diabetes. Mm -hmm. Now right. we are seeing it in kids eight, 10 years old. Yeah. Never before. Now we are seeing this disease, it, it's, it's truly an epidemic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a problem. So I get in the car, my husband comes to pick me up, and I get in the car and said the thing, the words that are sure to strike fear in any man's heart, ladies, <laughs> you know what this is. Honey, guess what? <laughs> right? And there's a silence. What? <laughs> what? 
Yeah, I said, I'm a vegan now. <laughs> and then there's more silence. <laughs> a few more blocks, you know. And he turned to me and he said, okay, I'm in. Good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Shock. Yes. That's, that's that guy. Uh, I got it right this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good pick. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, for six months, I ran an experiment on myself. I had just had my numbers done. I thought, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to see yeah. where this takes me. And so for six months, I did not have a single bite of animal food of any kind, nothing. And I amped up my, my vegetable protein, you know, the legumes and the beans and so mm -hmm. on. Um, six months, I go in, I get my new blood work done, my hemoglobin A1C. I go and sit down in the doctor's office. I've been seeing her for years. We've been fighting for years <laughs> how to do this. And I had dropped three points. My wow. A1C had dropped three points. That's a lot. She, she said to me, you know, Lynn, this just doesn't happen in women. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot for A1C, by the way. Yeah. But also at my age, you know, yes. there's so much ageism in medicine as everywhere. Yep. And at the age of 75, I'm supposed to be on this steep decline in all these different ways. Uh, sorry <laughs> to disappoint anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm not having it. I have no intention to do a steep decline anytime soon. Anybody who thinks so is in trouble. <laughs> um, so uh, there it was. That for me was powerful evidence that I was on the right track. So to, to answer, that's a long way of answering your question. Yeah. And the answer for me now is I eat some shrimp with, you yeah. know, it's how you prepare it. I, right. I don't fry things or whatever. So I do include some shrimp in my diet and I eat, I treat myself to salmon once okay. a week, something like that. Yeah. Because I can get wild caught, good, fresh salmon. I live the beach. Yeah. Uh, it's right out here in the ocean. So uh, it's all about how you source it, where it comes from, never farm-raised stuff. Uh, and I do eat eggs because I have neighbors with hens, and I know the hens' names, and I know exactly what they've been eating. And they are real chickens who eat real chicken food, which is bugs and grass and all that stuff. So the nutrition that I get in those beautiful farm-raised eggs is fabulous. Yeah. If you are not where you know the chicken's name or the farmer's name, at least, then eggs can be iffy. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, but so no, I'm not vegan. And I will also say that so many vegans are not healthy people because they're eating crap. They're eating processed flour exactly. and sugar. And being vegan does not necessarily mean a healthy diet. Correct. I agree with that. And so for the ones, so you're saying the best diet, which I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, I actually agree with you, but is whole foods, not processed. But what do you tell, I mean, you were a single mom or in a mom and what do you tell people with busy lifestyle? Cause I, we, I would say we eat like that most of the time, mm -hmm. but honestly it takes like it's meal prep, like cutting up the eggplant, cutting up when everything's fresh like that. What would you recommend to do? Would you See recommend this book right here? <laughs> yes. 
That's brownies the book. for breakfast? Is it That's in there? That's the book that tells you how to put a great meal on the table in 15 minutes that everybody will love. And so it's not just about desserts. It's no, about. It's not. Okay. It's it, that's just that's hoping to sucker some people in, um, like me, <laughs> with a brownie. Uh, yeah. And and you know I've always felt like and I I could open it up and show you more pay. It's, I, well, let me do that because um, you can get people to eat a lot of things if they look like. Uh, you have pictures in there too. <laughs> what, what's that? I said you even have pictures in there also. I have story, I have pictures, but here's an example, all right? You wave that in front of a five-year-old or an 85-year-old, <laughs> and they are going to go, a pink donut with sprinkles, yay. Yeah. And it's a super healthy meal made with coconut flour, almond flour, um, egg replacer if you're vegan, or eggs. Um, I mean, it's, and I make a lot of my sweets with pumpkin and nut butter. Okay. Yeah. So they're a meal. They're good food. So these are tricks that you can do to get a good meal into your kids, your husband, yourself, your mom, um, your cantankerous that are quick. And And what about cost effective? Because a lot of these, like, Vegan whole whole foods are expensive. So for the listeners okay. who want to that question. A can of pumpkin, two bucks. Okay. Right? Yep. Um, I can beans. Do beans. Super cheap. You'll find lots of legumes and beans in the book. Um, yeah. Making okay. one of my favorite longtime recipes that is in here, and I've, it's been in a previous book, uh, is called Genius Soup. And you do have to maybe make it on the weekend because you have to let it if you don't, you can make it in an Instapot too, and that's easier. Okay. But you're going to chop up onion, celery, carrots. Just chop them up. Doesn't matter how you chop yeah. them. Just chop them up, throw them in the pan, saute them a little bit, and then take all those greens that you bought because you intended to eat them and you haven't eaten them the chard, the kale, the yeah. uh, uh, arugula, it's the spinach, spinach, whatever. Okay. And Put a ton of it in there. Put put a can of tomatoes in there, a box of tomatoes in there, or the fresh ones that you got that are starting to look kind of like, you know, put those in there. I explain all of it in the book. But then you have this fabulous vegetable soup base. And then the next night you put some beans in it. And I tell you, and then the next night you put some pasta in it. And you and okay. you got bases. Multiple meals. Yeah. Yes. And you yeah. know what is in it. You've done it and your kids have helped you do it, hopefully. Um, So because the truth of the matter is anything with much of a label on it, if you have to list out the ingredients, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Okay. I agree with that. It's hard to do in our our world now, you know? Um, Yes. Stores are packed. Any advice for that? Because like almost everything. Stay out of them. Stay out of them. (laughs) Everybody go have your own farms. No, no, no. I, I do recommend CSAs if you can get one, a community service agriculture, they'll, a local farm will deliver stuff. And this they deliver to the city, uh, to yeah. the suburbs, and you can do that. You can go to the farmer's market. Kids love that. Yeah. Uh, I shop at Trader Joe's, and, and I have always loved Trader I mean, from the 70s, because yeah. I know that store. I can be in there and out of there in 15 minutes. I don't have to decide which kind of peas I want 
or whatever. They only have one kind, right? Yeah. It, but it's all vetted. It's all good stuff. So I will shop at Trader Joe's, but um, planning, and I, I talk about that in here. I talk about what to keep in your pantry, what to throw away, uh, what to not to bother with. It's, it's just a system, um, have, putting a little more thought in it. And my recommendation is and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Right, That's kind right. of my mantra too. Like put all right. the work in up front and then it just hopefully can become automatic. Exactly. You have to plan for it. But yeah. parents now are driving their kids to three languages and two sports and a choir and this and that. Right. And I challenge you to say that any of those things is as important as knowing how to eat, knowing how to cook and eating good food and staying healthy all of which happens at your table at home. Yeah, that's a good point because you're right. Like now in our fast-paced life, a lot of parents, I mean, including us, like I'm like, it's important for them to be in like all of this stuff. That's one thing I will say the pandemic taught me kind of how to slow down because I had to. And so I was actually thankful for that because I was like, ooh, I have all this free time. We're, we're not re-signing our kids up for like all this stuff anymore. And yeah. so, but I, I agree. And so I think it's important to have at least family dinners. Like I, you can't, may not be, a, be able to be every night. I know some stuff is not realistic, but we also try to make it a point to have dinner at the table, sit down, no phones, like all Thank this stuff. You. Like, let me know how your day is going type of thing. There's so much more, even not just the food, but there's so much more in just sitting down with it's people, with your family and having a just conversation. the food. It's not just yeah. about the food. It's about communion, community. Yeah. It's it's how we teach culture. It's yeah, table exactly. where we teach culture. And we have two generations of kids now who have more or less not used utensils, who've never seen a cloth napkin, who don't know how to have a conversation at the table. And parents, I challenge you, you're really worried about getting the kids in college and all this stuff. You don't want to send a kid to college who cannot sit at the table with people and be yeah. comfortable and at home, who doesn't know how to have a, a good convivial conversation at the table. That You don't think yeah. that's a skill that matters? And where do they learn that? They learn it at your table. Yeah, that's true. I totally agree with you. These are all like great points. My last question for you, because I think you are gorgeous and you look so good for your age and you're so vibrant. Like, it's like one of the things like, I want to be like you when I'm older. Um, do you think this is from, I know it's obviously part personality and just who you are because you're awesome, but do you think it's your diet too? I mean, you glow, like you literally glow. Do you think that's the food? Or yes. combination. <laughs> yes. Um, it's because I'm happy. Uh, yeah. And uh, that matters. Yes. And it's because I'm healthy and that yeah. matters a great deal. And I let my kids have all said to me in some form or other, I mean, they say all kinds of things to me like, Ma, what are you crazy? You know, but yeah. what they've said to me is, why don't you just go ahead and get out there and be poster girl for mm -hmm. this? It's okay. And that kind of got me thinking about it because 
I know th this ageism is, is no small matter. The fact that we kind of give up on people, we have this idea that when people are 70 or 75 or 80, they're done, you know, mm -hmm. what are they yeah. going to do? And all the remarks about our politicians that are so old and too old and so on. Um, I, I know stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Because I've lived a long time and by yeah. today's standards. But if, if it looks appealing to you and great, I hope it does. I, I have never been so happy. I've never had so much fun. I have a brand new grandson. I have a grandson who's 11 weeks old. Oh. Now, if you haven't experienced that in your life, I want you to stay and be healthy and be old enough to experience that because there yeah. is no joy on earth that compares to that. There are lots of great joys at every age, but grandkids, yeah. please. Uh, um, and if you don't have one, borrow one. It doesn't have to be your own. It doesn't have to be your kid. Just no. And I will also second what you're saying. Not only are people kind of, oh, you're old when you get 75, 80, but you have been having diabetes since your 40s. Yes. So I will say even in the medical community, if you've had diabetes since that long, by now we're, you're, we are like, oh, they're going to be on the transplant list. They're a limb. I blind, like there's like all these things that we almost like, unfortunately chop up to, oh, they've been, they've had diabetes for 30 or 40 years. Like there's no way, but for you to have been diagnosed, that's a testament to the way you're living your lifestyle now, because you look great. Most people who have been living with type two diabetes this long do not look like you look. I mean, your skin, like everything. So that's a testament to you too. Well, thank you. And But that's why I'm out here doing this, yeah. uh, getting up early in the morning <laughs> to, <laughs> to talk about my book because you can do this. The medical community is not quite there yet. They don't know yeah, how. Yeah, I agree. To, We're behind. They, they, they just don't know how to help you. I mean, Dr. Hamilton is an exception probably, but <laughs> but you need to do this on your own and you can do it. You can absolutely do it. And if you don't do it, can I be kind of ugly right now? Do I have a minute for a, a Go morning? ahead. I can edit if need be. No okay, good. Because the downside, and particularly you gentlemen, I know you. I love men. I have a husband. Mm -hmm. I have a son. You don't go and get tested. You don't go and get seen until there's something really yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. diabetes is invisible. It's a mm -hmm. sneaky killer. And you don't know. There's no symptoms until it's really too late in many ways. And what's happened is that you have waited until now you're going in and you don't have any feeling in your fingers. And it's like, what's wrong yeah, with my that's fingers? That's too late. Yeah. Well, it's neuropathy from, from yeah. your hands dying off and your feet yeah. are doing the same thing. And then the next step is that you get them amputated and then you are on dialysis. You're on a kidney machine yeah, because yeah. your kidney is breaking down and you very well have signed up to spend your last five years. 10 years now, they can keep you alive for a long time. Yeah. But trust me, it will not That's be not living. pleasant for you. And worse, yeah. you don't even pay the price. Your family pays the price. Yeah. It is your wife, your mother, your daughters, your sons who will have to take care of you at that point. And then one more thing nobody likes to talk about is 
you will bankrupt your family doing this mm -hmm. because it's not paid for. You have to pay mm -hmm. for it out of your pocket for the most part. So please, please, it's not that hard. Just go get your hemoglobin A1C test. Buy my book. It's all in there. Yeah. <laughs> and two bits of advice. <laughs> yeah. So, so nothing could be in my mind more important than taking responsibility yourself for your own health. Stay alive. Have a blast. Yeah. <laughs> right? I agree. Thank you so much, Lynn Bowman. We will put all Thank the you. details where they can find you and how Thank they can you. get your book. I love it. I can't wait to read it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.